Hey everyone, welcome to SLP's Wine and Cheese. I'm Deb. And I'm Maria. I almost said I'm Deb. Because <laughs> you're just reading the paper. Yeah. And here's our podcast. For the realistic SLP. Welcome. Welcome. So this is a special edition yes. of SLP's. It's actually SLP's Bacon, Egg, and Cheese. So should we should we redo that opening with okay, let's the start right over. names? Ready? And Three, five, two. six, seven, eight. <laughs> Hey everyone, welcome to SLP's Bacon, Egg, and Cheese. I'm Deb. And I'm Maria. And here's our podcast. For the realistic morning SLP. <laughs> the morning after SLP. Yeah. <laughs> welcome. welcome. <laughs> Again, together. All right. That's our new thing. We just say it together now. We just don't even plan it and it just happens. Yes, exactly. Like life. Yeah, you just got to keep on rolling. I do. Rolling. Rolling on the river. <laughs> so anyway, so it's 11 in the morning. On a Saturday morning. So we're not drinking. We're no. not. We're having yeah. bacon, egg, and cheese. Mm-hmm. Well, you had oh, arugula, yeah. goat cheese. I have the fancy version of the bacon, egg, and cheese. Yeah, you had no egg or cheese. I don't egg have, or bacon. I'll tell you. No, I had some. No, I didn't. I had <laughs> cheese. All right, let's start with what we're drinking. We're drinking... I'm drinking a cold brew coffee. Mm-hmm. It's good. I put some almond milk in here and cinnamon because I don't put sugar in my coffee. That's, That's my little good. healthy tip mm-hmm. for everyone. And we're I'm eating a croissant with arugula and tomatoes and my favorite goat cheese. Yes. And That's Deb, a very good sandwich. I yeah. like that sandwich. It's but delicious. I got the um, Canadian bacon, egg, and cheese. You get the choice between um, parsley chive butter or cayenne pet butter, and I always choose the parsley chive because I like it better. I did taste a little hint of that. So it's good, right? Good. Yes. Yeah. I just want to. I want to find more out about this parsley chive butter and just slap it on everything. Right. I eat. Just, just yeah. Put it on there. Smear it. Dip it. Yeah. I like condiments. Condiments are good, but you got to watch them. Those are the sneaky calories. What up? Yeah, I'm not saying you should. or <laughs> yeah. what, I'm just throwing my knowledge out there. Yeah. And whoever wants to pick it up, they can pick it up. I feel like between my dogs and my boyfriend, like, I don't get enough opportunities to eat, so I should just right. load up. When you have the chance. <laughs> yeah. Like hibernating. Exactly. <laughs> I just need to eat everything now. Because everyone else will eat it on me. I agree. Mm-hmm. But I do have like a little critique. Well, all positive about my goat cheese croissant. Or should I say croissant? Oh, croissant. I hate when people order like that. And I'm like, come on, dude. Yeah. I just get your croissant. Just think it's so much it. fun to say. That's why I do it. <laughs> like, but I never do it in, when I order. I'm like croissant. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I want a croissant. Yeah. But it's really a croissant. <laughs> right and it's delicious and i love that the cr- that the croissant <laughs> has this like sweet yet flaky texture and the goat cheese is just great and the yeah. arugula and tomato add that nice like healthy light refreshing freshness to it and uh i say eat it yeah <laughs> eat it don't beat it i was just gonna say that um, that's great i was obsessed with this sandwich i'm gonna take a, a bite bit. Of so they're all from we went to burley this morning it's a coffee shop that's by my apartment and i became very obsessed with that sandwich there so um mike started making it for me at home except we didn't have the buttery croissant like we were having it on toast uh, but that's good just like Go to your grocery store, get some goat cheese, get some arugula, get some tomatoes, and just put that on toast or on a croissant. Yeah. It's a very nice sandwich. It's it's light. Right. Um, I might have had, I might have indulged in some um, libations last night, and I felt like I needed bacon, egg, and cheese because that is a cure. 
for things. Uh-huh. And then in addition to my sandwich, I am drinking um, ice cold lemonade because I got a boyfriend with attitude. He's just like Beyonce in the kitchen. Just like he made that lemonade. Some lemonade. But, yeah. Whoa. Well, because what happened was it's kind of funny. So we have a roommate, and our roommate is a comedian as well, and he's, like, rather picky about things. Like, I wouldn't say he's anal retentive, but I'm going to say he's anal retentive. I've been told I'm anal retentive, too. Oh. Yeah, well, so, um, I was going to pause for a second, but it's fixed. That's Um, So what happened was, so I suppose that my roommate bought, like, two lemons, and Mike might have used the lemons for cooking. And then um, my roommate asked Mike to replace the lemons, and to that, Mike got a little frustrated, so he bought about 32 lemons. I would be like, awesome, thank you for the (laughs) lemons. You took my hint very well. Yeah. I'm going to keep dropping these hints. But then he didn't use the lemons, because I guess my roommate was so picky, he bought, like, organic lemons from Whole Foods. That's way too much. He didn't like Mike's 32,000 lemons. He should have just been appreciative that he even got lemons back and ended it there. Yeah, the two of them are like, they're like the old men puppets from the um, Muppets. Interesting. They just like complain. That's all comedians do. They just just complain, complain, complain. So that's what they were doing. So then Mike wanted to, he's like, well, should I make lemonade? I'm like, well, I think when the world offers you lemons, Lemons. that's the protocol. Yeah. Quite literally. Yeah. (laughs) Here's where the word literally quite literally fits. Yes. So great. Which brings us to our topic of autism. Yes. Um, The very literal crowd, the Amelia Bedelias of our clients, they are very concrete and that could be very fun when you're working with them in the school Mm -hmm. setting. And challenging. And challenging. Yes. Fun and challenging. That's our career. Yes, in a nutshell. Fun and challenging. <gasps> yeah. Uh, yeah. So this population, they do. You're going to find once they get into the school setting that they're going to be. Well, they're going to have like in my experience when I have the higher functioning kids, um, they're going to have a lot of skills. Like they have better phonics skills than everyone else. I feel like they have better sentence structure than everyone because they've been like listening and observing, and they're like, "This is how sentences work." And everyone else is just like, I'm talking, 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 talking. I don't know right. what's going on. I'm just That was going. a motorcycle accident. Yeah, motorcycle. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah. So, but once you get to second grade, then that's when the, the text become a little bit more complex and you have critical thinking. And less visuals. Less visuals. And it's like um, these kids are going to do best when the information is in the text so like uh who was the story about where did they go what did they buy concrete answers it's right there but when they have to um ask answer open-ended questions based on their own experiences and make inferences and predictions or text to life connections we're gonna see a little bit of a breakdown i see yeah so So we're yeah yeah so we're gonna focus again on our what we did on episode one where we're what do we see with these with this population what do we do types of activities and Mm -hmm. strategies that we use and what do we write type of goals so So you do write of course (laughs) writing (laughs) is great and writing is a form of language Mm -hmm. So at this point, we're talking about autism in school age population. Mm -hmm. So five and up, five, I guess, to 21, we could say. And one in every 59 children 
are diagnosed with autism. That's according to Autism Speaks. Mm -hmm. And that's one in every 37 boys and one in every 151 girls. 37 boys? Yeah. uh, Autism Speaks. Yeah. Yeah. They updated it, I guess, for this year. So chances are anyone who's listening to this knows someone with autism. Yes. Has... Well, it's very likely everyone yeah. who's listening to know somebody. Right. Yeah. So this, I don't think we've reached the audiences that are not SLPs yet. Well, I'm just throwing... I mean, I'm hoping we are, but... <laughs> one yeah, day. one day. One day. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so what we see with these students, uh, their deficits are really, I guess, across the spectrum. Mm-hmm. They have trouble with understanding, language comprehension, expressive output, and definitely social skills. Yes. So even if you have a child who is doing everything that their um, grade expects them and even maybe higher, Mm -hmm. you will see deficits in social skills. Yes. And then so really where those social skills kind of come from, I think we're going to do a whole episode on theory of mind as per what we discussed last night, which at our, um, did you set our halfway point timer? I'll do that now. Um, Well, so we're at almost nine minutes. Yeah, I got it. so I want to talk about it halfway. The little bit of an argument I got with that guy last night. When yeah. To the bar. Um, yeah. I like how we were at a bar socializing, and then you and I separate from the group, and we just still talk about speech. Yeah. And we're like, yeah, like our life is speech, and yeah. we're okay with that. Like, well, I'm also, totally okay with that. It's sometimes nice to be confronted with people who care about things that don't matter, and I'm like, your energy is wasted. Like you're Aww. arguing with me, and you're wrong. <laughs> And now but I we don't care about. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> we, yeah, we did. We, we'll talk about that. Yeah. yeah, let's put a cork in that. Um. So yeah. So back to autism. So theory of mind is so. Um. Actually, let's go back to autism to begin with. So autism right. is a disorder of relating and communicating. We're going to see deficits in language production, um, and expression more so, and also in receptive language, their ability to comprehend. Um, language as it increases in length and complexity and, and there's like added linguistic uh, concepts so these and then there'll also be repetitive behaviors and um, uh, a fixation on structure right yes so those are just like the bare minimum consistencies that we're probably going to see across the board mm-hmm. in these kids so uh, once you get older in this population you're going to realize that these kids also have deficits in something called theory of mind and this is not something that I think we learned enough about mm-hmm. in college yeah in it's kind of something they just brush upon everyone's they, like oh uh, it's taking someone else's point of view and what it, but what does that look like but, clinically but there should be a whole class there should be a whole class yeah take like an autism class well, well that's why they have our podcast because right. we're going to do a whole episode a whole on that episode on it yeah so theory I feel like mind, Deb is a little bit perseverating on theory of mind. I know, I'm not going to. But, <laughs> yeah, okay, I'm so just giving her visuals. <laughs> it's understanding why someone acts in a certain way or predicts how somebody will act in a certain situation because you have to understand another person's point of view, their knowledge, their beliefs, their emotions and intentions, and using that to understand and navigate social situations. That's so, like what I was saying about yeah. last week's episode where it's like if you're not getting along with someone, you have to like put yourself in their shoes in a way like maybe they're having a bad day maybe they're have issues with x y and z and you can't just take it all personally right right you have to like take yourself out of your own head and put yourself in their shoes right so you have not literally yeah i think i do yeah 
so but this population they're going to struggle with those social right. issues because it's very difficult for them to expand beyond their theory of mind like they are fixated on their own thoughts and their own beliefs and like trying to relate to somebody else is very difficult that's the relating and communicating part right so in terms of social skills that's going to impact them in the school setting yeah making friends yeah interacting yeah but then also it's going to impact their ability to make a text-to-life connection so whenever kids are reading anything in order for them to comprehend any information that's not concrete or explicitly mentioned within the text then they have to make a text to life connection in order to comprehend what that is so even though these kids are going to be very fluent in terms of reading decoding and their um, writing and punctuation is good they struggle to connect to the text because that requires them to form a relationship to what they're reading and they have to think to themselves oh i remember i felt blank way when i was in a similar situation because they have to theorize how they might feel if they were in the character's shoes which is a struggle for this population right i um our uh, podcast we're gonna have some great uh information and tips from this book Mm -hmm. we'll post a picture of it it's called Uniquely Uniquely Human, A Different Way of Seeing Autism by Barry Prezant. He's actually, he has his PhD and he is uh, SLP, he went back to school and this is one of the um, difficulty reading social, social situations. situations. Yep. Okay. So um, pretty much he was saying how this boy on the spectrum pointed to one of the therapists and said, it's Susie. He said, she has such a high squeaky voice. It makes my body feel funny. So, of course, oh, it's like, oh, she got embarrassed. That, though. Like, right. He was like, oh, it's that noise that's making me feel right. So it's yeah, it is. He is right. Like she he's a being objective, but he was unaware that, you know, she felt embarrassed. Mm-hmm. So it's not like he did that on purpose or. You well, know, Susie's got to lighten up. Right, yeah. <laughs> she should I, just be more self-aware about right. her high squeaky voice. Agreed. Sometimes I'm too loud and the kids cover their ears and I'm like, I, I get it. It's fine. It's because you're excited. Because I'm excited. We had this discussion yesterday. <laughs> yeah, because I got very excited. Also, this book, uh, since we're talking about what we see right mm-hmm. now in these students, um, this book, uh, Barry, Dr. Prezant, said um, a really great point about uh, echolalia so oh. yeah so you s- thinking about a student right now and yep you have like what they say as echolalia and a lot of SLPs do it themselves other professionals parents they say oh they have the TV talk or it's nonsense talk and what this book really talks about like a different way of seeing autism so that when you have these children the number one thing you have to do is listen to them and working with students with autism you really have to listen and he uses an example in the book this boy named David so um, David would get in trouble let's say in class for doing something and anytime the teacher someone would like scold him he would get up run around and he would say uh, we do not slam doors. We do not urinate on the wall. And like, you know. So he was repeating something that he heard in the past. Yes. So mm-hmm. he, so when you like hear that, you're like all the staff started laughing, you know, obvious. I mean, it, it, yeah. I mean, impulse, like your that's your first thought to laugh when right. you see that or hear mm-hmm. that. And, um. Rarely my first impulse is to laugh. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I know. But other, (laughs) well, even he, like the author was like, you know, I mean, everyone was laughing. It was Mm -hmm. funny. And that what he was saying is that 
he, David, the student who said that, was equating that for like the first time, I guess, he got in trouble and realized, oh, I'm not supposed to slam doors. I'm not right. supposed to urinate on the walls. So he's like grouping that. No, like, don't put your pencil there, let's say, with the time that he, I guess, urinated on the wall right, and he yeah. slammed the door. So he's that was his way of saying, OK, understood. Like, we don't do this. We don't slam right. doors. We don't. Oh and that goodness. was his yeah. scaffolding. He now, like, so he formed, right. um, like, a key categorized that behavior with a similar past behavior. And then that was just the, like, expression, whatever somebody paired with his action. Right. Somebody else said that, and then he's remembering that, and now he's recalling those words. Exactly. And that's why the kids will often, like, I had a kid who would just recite stuff from TV shows, uh -huh. but they're recalling the TV show, right? and they're like, that's their best attempt at a text-to-life connection. So they're like, when Mickey Mouse had to do this, now I have to do this, and now I'm going to recall right. the, the script. Cause, so going when we move to the uh, later in the episode... These kids just do so well with social scripts. Just give them the line. Right. Feed them Smolt. the line. I don't even, like, I don't even <laughs> want to say feed them the line. I'll say, like, mold it, shape right. it. You know, yes. it's not like what you say sometimes. It's not like, right. you know, how you shape your words. So when you're talking to a teacher or a parent or whatever, and they're mm -hmm. like, ah, oh, we got to do this. It's so prompted. They're like, no, he has the skill. We're shaping it into right. something more appropriate. But I do like to introduce it first. And I'm just oh, agreed, like, yeah. the sentence is going to be, I want more coffee. Right. And then later agreed. on, I'm going to mold it and I'm going to pull it out. But to begin with, I have to give him the sentence. Oh, yeah, of course. So that's yeah. what I mean. I'm oh, like, right, right. So when I'm working with, um, like, when I'm supervising the CFs or the grad students that I'm working with, I feel like they assume so much and it's more like a testing perspective than it is a teaching and then reteach, yeah. like, Right. Teach, test, read. Gotcha. Test, or whatever. What is it? Teach. No. Test, teach, teach retest. Right. Okay. So. We got yeah. it. So it's like first give them the stuff. See what they know. Mix it up. Mix it up. And come back to it. And then just right. keep pulling it out because that's how they're going to commit that to memory because they have to continuously retrieve it. Right. But to the but the point is give them something to work with right. first. Teach them something. <laughs> teach it first. That's why we're here to yes. teach these kids to communicate. So um, just to wrap up the echolalia point, uh, the author in the book says how the bottom line is that when students are communicating with echolalia, they it can run the gamut of why they're doing it. Sometimes they're affirming what they understood. They're mm -hmm. taking turns as one might in a conversation. Yes. Sometimes repeating these words is a way of like rehearsing something they're going to say later. Mm -hmm sometimes repeating these like certain words find them like soothing the way we might have like a mantra right yeah so and yeah. then other times they're just talking to themselves and like that's their step of like processing and reasoning through a certain situation and mm -hmm. like we all do this stuff yes, yes you know sure. like i have my own little mantra i have my own little like all right when i go this i have to make sure i say this but like you know i have it in my head where That's they have their way function though right so because most of planning happens outside of the environment in which the uh, action occurs and that's what you just right. exemplified yeah so that's what we see. Yes. So that's and, what we see in the kids. So, mm -hmm. and then we're also, let's talk a little bit about stimming that we're going to see. Okay. So yes. Like, so um, we talked about this, I think in our first episode. So mm -hmm. we're also going to see repetitive behaviors. And a lot of this right. is going to be sensorily, sensorily. I'm going to keep that as a word. Interesting. Linked. Um, <laughs> 
So if this kid is jumping a lot, then mm -hmm. maybe they, they do require more sensory input to their feet. Maybe they have like decreased sensation there and they want to ground themselves mm -hmm. and that's why they're doing that. Maybe this kid's spinning around a lot. Maybe that's because their um, limbic system is a limbic yep. system. Their limbic oh, system. Oh, uh, vestibular. Vestibular, yes. Not limbic. What's limbic? Limbic is like your like fear, I think, okay. desires. So the vestibular. So they need some sort of input there mm -hmm. and that kind of like gets triggered when you spin around and because it's mostly your ear your inner ear right. portion of your brain and stuff the, yeah he actually talks about that too i'm yeah. uh, just, just trying to find it in the book but i can't so i'll have to recall from my memory uh -huh. about um that he might be like sensory seeking or like one uh child he used in the book like will come home and jump and then the parents would like not want him to jump and then he he does he does like a cons consultative uh -huh. model so when he went and worked with this student he's like no the way he jumps is like how he gets his stress out exactly so he was like let him jump and then they realized like the more intense the jump was like the more stressed he was that day so they're like all right he today's like a big jumping day he must have had like a rough right. day and that that jumping and that sensory input that he's seeking is like showing you something right and that's why the biggest thing he says is like you really have to look and listen to these kids because they're why. showing that's you what yes you said yes yesterday or today i don't know I the don't days remember, are mixing but, did, but you yeah. said that the most important thing with these kids is yes, to say, ask why 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 is he doing this right so why is he why is he uh -huh. jumping because he requires that input it's not just because he likes it it's, right it's not just a preference it's because it makes him feel Grounded. Yeah, it could be a coping strategy or yes. a way to regulate his behavior. Yes. So then also, like, um, there are some kids who get fixated on the way things feel or look. So that mm. could be another repetitive behavior. Like, for instance, Mike's brother really likes uh, pens and twist ties. Mm -hmm. So he likes to, like, roll them in his, his fingers back and forth to feel that sensation. But then uh -huh. I think he also likes the way the plastic catches on the light. So mm. we'll stare at that a little bit as well. Okay. I think, I don't know if this is right because I've never been autistic before. But right. like, you know how sometimes you're in a stare and it feels good? It's hard to get out of that stare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's what happens to them. Oh. You know, like. But it's like, I think also soothing to it's, them. It's soothing to you too, though. Right. You want to yeah. stay in that stare, but then you right. realize it's socially unacceptable right. to maintain the stare. Or I should be so like doing something else right now. <laughs> and you acknowledge whoever's talking to you. But the kids on the spectrum don't have that social awareness and they don't have that, like, um, the need to please others like we do socially. So they're like, I feel good in the stare. I'm going to maintain it. Mm -hmm. I right. like the way it feels. Right. I think. But I don't yeah. know because well, I... Well, he has like some thoughts on that too. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, he says like they do it as like a a way to regulate, a way to cope with something. Um, so yeah, I think it could be like they stare off to space to kind of like calm themselves down and, mm -hmm. you know... Um, but yeah, we all do these things like yes. you said, like he said the same thing. Like, yeah. you know, we all have like stuff that we do to cope and so do they. Yes. It just looks differently than for us. Right. Because so. we're all like, what do we look like right now? And those right. kids don't really think right. that. They don't care. Which is very nice and liberating, I think. Yeah. So what do we do? Right. So we what said do what we, we do? see and now what do we do? So it's yeah. important that every single thing that you do with these kids 
has to target their intrinsic motivation. You are going nowhere if you don't target their intrinsic motivation, Mm -hmm. which is it's a behavior that is driven by internal rewards. The motivation to engage in the behavior arrives from within the individual because it's naturally satisfying. So what does that mean? It means that they have to want it for themselves. This is why Maria Mm -hmm. earlier in an earlier episode talked about taking an interest inventory. You're not going to teach them the word encyclopedia unless they love the encyclopedia. Right. That's why, like you were saying, all nouns. Like, is this kid even interested in the nouns in episode one? But, yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I'm going to take a bite of your sandwich, by the way. Um, So uh, this was was an example that was given to me when I took a course at ASHA. Mm -hmm. And um, so in the past, a lot of the behaviorists that worked with kids on the spectrum, they liked to use M&Ms as a reinforcement. And um, the thing that was bad about this was that unless you're trying, like, so trying to say M&M, if you're giving an M&M, you should be teaching the word M&M. Don't reward or try to reward saying mom or dog or ball mm. with an M&M. Reward it with mom or dad or ball yes. or Thomas. Yes. I had to bring Thomas back. Yeah, Thomas. I'm sorry. He just, he's relentless. He's here to stay. <laughs> but saying mom should lead to an interaction with mom and saying ball should lead to an interaction with a ball because that's intrinsically motivating to them. They like their mom. They like the ball or they want the M&M. So I'm not I'm not against the whole food thing. I don't like to use it as a reward because I don't want people to be obsessed with food. Mm-hmm. Which is like As I'm chewing right now. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. you're hungry and you mm-hmm. should eat. But um, I guess I get a little bit worried about... Because I have a lot of friends who have, like, obsessions with food. Mm-hmm. Like, to the point where they, they eat too much or they don't eat enough. Because right. they're just so obsessed with food. Yeah. Listen, everyone who's listening, you need to demonstrate virtue in all that you do, right. which is the middle ground which between Which is, I'm sure, excess, do you want to eat more no, of that sandwich? That, that's fine. It's the middle ground right. between excess and deficiency. So you should never be deficiently fed or excessively fed for yourself, for your clients, for your kids, and for everything. You don't and your soul. Be, yes. <laughs> you don't want to be deficiently anything or excessively anything. You just want to maintain that virtue, that middle ground between excess and deficiency. But Like this sandwich is great. I love that sandwich. Like the Canadian bacon is like perfect, like one thick strip of Canadian bacon. Yeah. And that's how you know good food. When, when you're, you're like, really mm. This is great. I only need like a little. It tastes fresh. It tastes healthy, mm-hmm. but also delicious and satisfying. Yeah, it's a six dollar sandwich, and I'm okay yeah. with that. That's a good price. I'm okay with it too because it yeah. was fresh stuff. And the the both of the bread that we ate, the croissant, and then whatever kind of roll this is, it's like a it's like a round roll. Mm-hmm. Um, they're both grilled with butter. They're buttered yeah. and then grilled um, on the the flat frying service, um, but they're still delicious. Delicious. But the I like the bread. Is it's like nice. The good bread is bread. great. Bread is like foundation of yeah. sandwiches. Anyway, yes. you had a great point there. Um, I don't remember what I was. And saying. I'm just talked talking about bacon, egg, and cheese because I'm gonna warm. drink this lemonade. Yeah, because I'm just. Um, <laughs> I just think of Beyonce every time I think of. Yeah, like here's my ice cold lemonade. Lemonade. <laughs> so yeah, but um, Deborah was just saying. I think I touched upon it too with the previous episode that. You want to work on words that are in their immediate environment, right. that are functional, that are motivating to them to mm-hmm. get them to communicate, especially 
early on, but you're even saying yes. by school age, when you're teaching something, you want it to be applicable to and you want it to be aligned with like what the teacher is doing. Right. And, you know, uh, we got a lot of questions like, what should I do for speech? I need ideas. And take the interest inventory is number yeah. one. And also, like, I like to say, like, pick a book and stick with that book for two, three, or four weeks, you know? And, like, do a craft related to the book. Talk about the book. Write about it. Have the kid act out a scene from the book. Just do everything. Yeah, retell the story. Retell the story with, uh, in their group session as, like, um, gestures, you know, charades. Mm -hmm. Pick questions out of a hat. Uh, You know, these are all, like, ideas top of my head without me even, like going on teacher pay teacher not that yeah. i'm knocking them but i'm just saying like i, I might knock them a yeah bit. i mean you can i won't i'm keeping it <laughs> Do you positive people that i know buy everything on teachers pay teachers i mean they good for them download but or print it and they just pay 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 in like doomsday preparation like speech therapy doomsday where they have to like hoard all these materials <laughs> right. where they're going to be in their bunker trying to <laughs> laminate <laughs> wow that was intense that was but, that yeah, was great actually like because like you said i read the same books over and over again like i could be like it's donald duck's birthday and daisy duck was busy baking him a gingerbread in her kitchen like, wow! Like that's yeah. the first page of the or Disney version. Or if you're of in the Man. yeah, if you're in the school, what book is the teacher doing? And just right. piggyback off of that, and it's like in a way less thinking for you, more doing. Exactly. All right, you're doing a book about planting this whole month. Ooh, Great, like let's plant dirt, together. Seeds. I mean, bring in my sensory bin planting, and the teacher will be like, "Oh, cool!" And yeah. you could work together, and, and you're facilitating carryover, and right? There. And the parent, you're like, "Hey, teacher's working on planting. So am I." Right. Uh, here's a picture of what we did in speech today and three great uh, things about yeah. that is one you are um functional like you're saying you're going to be generalizing oh, oh that's our midpoint yeah so after i'm done these three points we'll do our yeah. uh, housekeeping so you are many people don't want to um do things in the classroom setting because like based on the class because they feel like I'm not important as a speech pathologist because these people are telling me what I should be doing with the kid meanwhile I have my own goals but your only goal really should be helping them learn and gain the most amount of information in that school setting so like expose 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 and like make everything if 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 everyone in school is learning about dinosaurs and you're teaching about like daisies that's an issue right <laughs> like what, that's not gonna work right you are you're not getting the memo and you're not picking up on the social cues right. of the dinosaur bulletin board exactly <laughs> and your ego is not your amigo right so like stop thinking that only your goals are important and mm-hmm. the activities that you created are important for it and start realizing like your job at this point is to find out what they're learning and uh, make it make them learn it in the the way that they learn because yeah. that's what our expertise is is breaking down information and so helping them absorb novel concepts right and also we have that we have a different background from teachers but it's a good thing because they look at it this way and we look at it this way and together we could just add our own like little spin on it and just do amazing things yeah so on that and let's you're gonna have ideas they didn't even think of right and they're gonna have ideas you didn't think exactly. of it's like win-win exactly. everyone's winning so we're at our halfway point so we just want to say thank you we have 
almost 3,000 downloads. Almost. Almost. We'll check in. Maybe we're at 3,000. Yay. Later. I think five away. Yay. Great. Thank you so much for listening. Cheers with my coffee and your lemonade. lemonade. It's not as loud as our mason jars. Mm -hmm. No worries. Um, So, yeah, don't forget to follow our Instagram. Uh, on in, yeah, on Instagram, obviously at SLP's Wine and Cheese Pod underscore in between each word. I'm on Instagram too, Maria underscore Katsonis K O T S O N I S S L P, and Deb at Deborah Brooks C C C S L P. No wow. underscores. No underscores. Yes. And Frankie too, if they want to follow oh, Frankie. Uh, Frankie, we love Frankie. Wrinkles. Find him on Instagram. He's gonna outdo us and all the followers. Frankie's way more interesting than anything yeah. we have to offer. Frankie is cute, by the way. I took He's him so for cute. a dog walk to get some coffee. Yeah. I was trying not to sound too like yeah, New I was York. Like, coffee. I don't know what coffee. Yeah, is. I got some coffee. Coffee. I'll say my the Greek way. Cafe. Yeah. And he was just causing a ruckus everywhere. <laughs> but um he is yeah. dog. But well, he's so cute. Yeah, he yeah. is very cute his, his and wrinkly. He's a good face. I miss him. He's a, he's only a door away and I'm like, where's Frankie? So yeah, this um, is our midpoint. I know you usually say yeah. if anyone's driving right now, stop. Right, this finish this episode way. uh later. Um yeah, so I'm noticing that my commute's 22 minutes, so I never make it to this point. I always have to listen to this part afterward okay or like when i'm traveling between it is what um, it is start listening earlier start listening as you put your makeup on or something i couldn't there's too much going on in my house there's a lot of stimulation in this house there is sensory overload um, so um yeah also on twitter we're um slps wac like wine and cheese but it's like slps wac right oh i think so um maybe so. okay yeah. all right um so we're on twitter with that and email us at uh, Gmail. So we're just SLPs one and cheese at gmail.com. Send yep. us your questions. We'll answer them on the air. And we have a question that we were asked. Yes. So we had a question about transitioning, how um, an SLP has a student, I think he's middle school age, she said, or I'm just making that up. And uh, she wants to know how she can prepare him or her for transitioning. And, uh, like between a pleasurable and non-pleasurable? I think she activity. said that she was um, she was transitioning something. I'm just okay. getting like a text from a parent right now. I'm getting like so much overwhelming stuff, so I'm sorry oh. that I don't have the exact address. And she likes Paul just messaged me too. Hey, oh, shout out to message. her. Yeah. yeah. Um, but um, yeah, so my goal, I thought she meant transitioning to like another school like maybe he's in special ed and is going to gen ed or going oh, i thought, I thought it was like we're done at the water table we need to transition off oh, the water table all right well let's answer like, you answer it that time. way and i'll answer my okay. way so we so so first of all it's very hard for these kids because of like the fixation and the repetitive behavior for them to transition out of something especially if it's central it's sensorily satisfying and you're really banking on that word there, huh? Yeah, I'm just using, like, sense and every type of, like, verb modification I can. Mm-hmm. Um, two cents. Sensorizes. There we go. <laughs> Sensorizing. Just, just give me every prefix and I'm going to put <laughs> You're sensorizing sense. right now. <laughs> yes. Go ahead. Go for it. But, um, yeah, so it's hard for them to transition out. It's also, like, hard for me sometimes. The best way I can relate, because I'm always trying to make uh, – 
connection to myself. Like, if I'm drawing a picture and I'm not done yet and I have to do something, like, go see a kid or enter a billing something, and I'm, like, I'm still not done, mm -hmm. that's how they feel. Like, they're not – they don't feel done right, and right, finished. Right. So, so Especially when they have that strict adherence to the routines. It's, yeah. like, an extra added stress if we're talking about and student autism. And that activity, autism. though, is intrinsically motivating to them. It's, like, right. they like playing there, so it's hard for them to get out of it. So first, step one – close mm -hmm. the activity so how do we depart from it how do, do we say bye to the characters like maria suggested in the last mm -hmm. episode um or do we come we have to come up with a rational solution which is usually i'll be like okay well this is all done now and now it's time to sit down so we better get back on track look at the schedule yes i kind of like visual the responsibility schedule on outside factors so I use timers boss us around yep. and schedules boss us around. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, listen, buddy, I would water table all day, every day. Right. Hashtag, you know, can't stop, won't stop water table. <laughs> but it's not my, I'm not in charge. Yeah. Look at the rules. The rules Look are the there. Rules. We better listen. And they like, not they like, but they, the rules help them to process it. And it makes sense. Set, right. They're so. like, oh, that is what's next. And then right. they might start listing everything that right. is subs like going to follow. After, right. Yeah. Visual like to, schedules. Yeah, and they, and Picture. they like to organize their day that way by by recalling what's next, what's next, what's next. Visual schedules are awesome. So close the activity. Say bye to the characters, or say put away shovel, mm -hmm. put away toys. And know that it's going to take another away. five minutes to put it away, and start right. giving them reminders. In five minutes, we're going to put it away. Yeah. Don't and then five minutes, them. it's like it's time to put it away. Yeah. Not like it's time to put it away. Go now, now. Like no, no, no. Wait, I wasn't even prepared. Yeah. I had no idea. Exactly. Coming. Yes. <laughs> you just scared them. You're scaring everybody. Yeah. Stop with that. You're making us nervous. Sit down. Yeah. Sit down. <laughs> you, how about you put it away? No, I'm kidding. Yeah. So actually, I got the question, and um, okay. it's a uh, she's a recent grad. She's working with these kiddos. What do you do in therapy for a child who is transitioning from a private school to mainstream? Oh, okay. So, so it is what you thought. Yeah. Okay. That's good. So, private but what? Whatever you just said was really great, though. So thank you. Awesome. But I told her <laughs> to answer her question. Um, so anyone who's sim in a similar situation, I would look up what the standards are. Every you know state and county, it has different standards. So look up what they're expected to do mm -hmm. and try to teach that. Try to go with that and send a lot of carryover activities because when they're going to mainstream schools, there's going to be a lot more emphasis on homework and they need that routine. Right. So definitely get the parents involved with what you're doing. Send home worksheets. Send home um, a speech notebook would be great. And oh, I love speech, notebooks. speech notebooks are great. And also, because I had a student that uh, was in special ed and he was moving to inclusion, and I did a lot of um, like role playing and getting him to like self advocate because he was great age level, but pragmatically he was needing assistance. Yeah. So he spoke very low volume. So I would like act out scenes with him and I would be like, all right. Like I would pretend to be like kind of like a bully almost. And I'm like, no, say it louder. Leave me alone. And I had yeah. him like practicing that. And he was still not that loud. So I right. needed visuals of a tiger voice versus like oh, squeak good. voice. And I would like use like kind of like a volume meter. Like, oh, you're here. You need to be yeah. louder. Like in like a talent show. Yeah, like, pretty much. You blow it off the shirts. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, get try to boost their confidence and increase their independence and self-advocacy. That's great. Yeah. Thank you. I also like to work with uh, scripts, screenplays, and stuff like that because you're, like, feeding them the line like we talked about earlier. We're going to have an episode on this because I have a lot of stuff about this, too. Good. Yeah. 
And then also you're teaching them, like, some tactically correct sentences. Right. Because they're reading what they're supposed to say the right. way they're supposed to say it. Yeah. Also, it's like if you're working on reading comprehension and stuff, like, a screenplay or a scene is way better because it's, like, line, line, right. line, and line. And just teaching them rule, rules rules, and roles of communication. Yeah, I combi- I made my own word there. Good. Let's just that's, – we should rename this episode just our own whatever word our we make Our own world or something. Interesting. Our own words. Yeah, we'll just whatever we want to make it. Okay. But, like, yeah, so you are giving them the script. So that's another thing that you can do with these kids that you can give them. You can work on plays. I have one play on my website that Mike wrote. It's funny. It's called Lions Do Lunch. Oh, and I borrow that from you, actually. Yeah. um, We'll print it before you leave. Um, It is. It's it's funny. It's – I originally asked Mike to write me a bunch of plays that are – articulate like they have a lot of articulatory targets nice. so this play is all l's cool um, so it's lions do lunch their names are wow. like um i can't remember leo what they're. Le- and like, luke and yeah. leonard and leopold lenny lenny and something else so one guy is like very serious and the other one's very like um he's just very uh thoughtful like he's just cool. wondering about how llamas taste <laughs> Because they're in Peru, but they're in Africa, so they don't have llamas. They can't, you can only get those in Lima. So Lima llamas. And then he says plethora, like, so there's a little bit of complex art um, vocabulary, so that's why I say at least second grade. Oh, okay. But it's good. You're, you're giving kids lines so that they understand the turn taking and then it's not like paragraph paragraph where kids lose attention or they get like anxious about how much they have to read because it's a sentence and you have to pay attention to the other person's sentence because it's your turn Mm -hmm. and if you're not paying attention you're ruining it yeah so So it's ruining for everyone right so it's a great way because i've done a lot of shows too and i think we need like a whole separate shows about separate show about shows yes shows about shows yeah that's what yeah this this one's about making up words the next one is going to be about making up shows yeah so but yeah that's definitely something you could do with your children on the spectrum or really just anyone's shows are great but um what you're doing is you're teaching them social skills Mm -hmm. waiting turn taking listening and articulation and speech and like like everything right yeah so it's such a great because it's their turn next yeah even when i'm not doing a script when when we're all reading together i like to do sentence for sentence not paragraph for paragraph because it keeps everybody involved right. and it eliminates the daunting idea of, oh, no, I'm going to, like, have right, to read so much line. and I'm going to mess up mm-hmm. what I have to read. So it's like everyone reads a sentence and then we, we're always paying attention. Yeah. No, that's great. Yeah, I like sentence for sentence. That so could be my tip or trick. Okay. Um, well, I'm sure you got another tip up your sleeve. Uh, but what I'm I... I'm even wearing sleeves and I do. You're, yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So going off what you were saying, I think mm-hmm. that's such a great way to model, like, appropriate language and everything so um you know your kids have to be at some at least at the sentence level to be able to do that but let's say they're not there yet so my uh, approach what I like to do in my therapy sessions is obviously use visuals for transitioning both through the water table and both use visuals for everything she's like look Deborah stop signs right I love visuals (laughs) visuals are great I mean think about this this is what I say about visuals to everyone's like oh but you're giving them the answer it's a visual and I'm like 
when you go to a restaurant, don't you point to the menu when, when you order sometimes? Right, yeah. Yeah, you're using a like, visual. It's okay to use visuals. Like, we use visuals. You just said something else that, like, ticks me off when people are like, you're telling them the answer. Yeah, and I, like, I don't say that. We're Other people. accomplishing. Yeah, I know. Right. Somebody else yeah. said that to you. I'm right. like, we're accomplishing something because I gave them an answer. Now they're going to recall that answer and they're going to use it in the future. Right. You're constantly testing them. Right. And you're, and you're not, it's not, you're stressing them out. And yes. it's not fair. So give them the information right. and then help them retrieve it. Yes. But stop thinking like they have to do it on their own. Like, let them feel accomplished. Right. Let them write a story with them and basically like pull it out of them until it's perfect. Make them feel proud of that story. Next time, right, a little bit more independent. Yeah. But the first time, help them as much as they need help right. so that they could be like, oh my goodness, I did this. This is right. my finished product. Yeah. Confidence Give it to boosting them. Help is great. Us out here. Yeah. <laughs> so something that I like to do is I like to have the students... Um, answer social questions mm -hmm. because again that's right. very functional so asking again if they're like two to three word phrase and you want to build up their phrase level so they can be in an amazing show about Leopold <laughs> um, okay. so for example you could ask them like what's your name how old are you who's your teacher and I think those are such important social skills and not even like just to obviously know stuff about themselves but for like safety reasons if they yes. god forbid got lost or even lost in the hallway and someone comes up to them like what's your name they could answer yes and like yes it will be scripted and they will need the cues and the modeling in the beginning but you fade it and yes. you get them to do it so um yeah like I, I yeah. do that for like yes no questions i'll be like do you eat worms and i'm like no tell me i don't like worms right. and they're like no i don't like worms but i'm telling them i'm like i'm cutting them off before they can answer right. wrong yeah i'm feeding them the correct answer and i'm requiring right. that they repeat it and then i'm gonna ask them well do you like to eat bees and then i'll pause right. and because and then they're like no and i'm like yeah no tell me i don't like to eat bees some cultures they do eat bees though so well, let's not, just not be culturally appropriate. Actually, I do a video. A kid was like, I like to eat bees. I like to eat chocolate-covered bees. And I'm like, well, if you do, they're still going to sting you. Interesting. Because they yeah. still have a stinger. You eat, have to be eat careful. these bees with caution. Yeah. So And he's yeah. like, well, how will they sting if they're dead? I'm like, even if they're dead, there's still something pointing on their yeah. butt. Ouch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on their back. I'll, I'll find that video and try to, like, repost yeah, it. Yeah, post that. That's yeah, a good it's one. so funny. I love that kid. I, I, I think about him, like, every day. Aw. I miss sweet. him. He's from Ooh. two years ago. It's been a long time. Aww. It's been a long time. It's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's one of my, I guess, uh, let's go into what we write. So right, I would write, write yeah. that as a goal. So the goal will be blank. We'll answer a minimum, let's say, a five. Pick a number, five or ten, depending on their level of expressive and receptive language mm -hmm. and uh, make uh, that the goal. Like blank will answer a minimum of five personal information questions and then in the short term you could break it down with like three questions, then four, then five. And I have students that I work on the same five or six questions all year long and I'm, not, I'm looking for consistency and accuracy and for them to generalize. So I'll walk around with the student and I'll have like someone in the hallway be like, oh, ask him his name. And then right. I have them ask the student his name. And I'm like, oh, you met that with me, but you don't know it yet. So that's why I pick the same five and I make sure they know these yeah. questions and they know the answers and they could do it with not just me in the therapy room. Like not functional. They need to know it with everyone. 
Yes. So that's my favorite thing or one of my favorite things to work on. What I love that you said is using the same five questions. Yes. I and feel like. Send them home. Tell yes. the parents. Tell the teacher. These are the questions. Ask them when you can. You're yeah. outside in the playground. Stop and be like, who's your teacher? But sometimes like some therapists don't take the perspective that less is more. And mm. I think it's so much better to focus on five. But they yeah. so a lot of speech pathologists are, are obsessed with the number 10. Right. They're like, yeah. if it's not 10, you can take data. Right. No, it's, it could be five. <laughs> it could be five. Five is just half five the time. Five is better. Five is better. You're five doing half, better. half the stuff. And do those five for yeah. a month minimum. Right. Or like, the whole year. I have, the whole, I have to do them all year. That, yeah. You know? I said minimum. Minimum. Right. But I'm doing like even. Even when I get more complex with poetry, we've been reading Dreams by Langston Hughes since August. Wow. Everyone okay. knows it by heart now, but it's still like over and over and right. over again because the repetition and small yeah. things and amounts, like that's what they're going to learn. If you give them like over the course of a year 50 questions, they're probably only going to retain five of them. Right. Don't say 10, five. So, yeah. Yes. So just do five. Yeah. And then once you feel good about those five, then move on to another five. Then yeah. go back to the first five right. to make sure yeah. they're still there. Because because you wrote the goal for five, so make sure they meet the five, and then if they do meet the five, then you add more, and then when it's parent IP time, you say they exceeded this goal, right? right? And, and you can you even be like, them, these are the five questions, right? These are the five, and he was doing so great, or she was doing so great. I added more five, yeah. but the first five he knows he's met. Yes. So I pick what's your name, who's your teacher, how old are you, when's your birthday, where do you live. And that's a good five Those to stick five. with. Don't ask different questions every time. That's confusing yeah. and not mm -hmm. useful. Yep. So don't think like, oh, these people are going to be like, she's working on the same thing every day. Is like, does she ever plan anything right. new? Yeah. Who cares well, what everybody else thinks? Yeah, well, I'll do like an activity and then I'll interject and be like, what's your name? Right. You know, in the beginning, it's like kind of a drill. It is. Yes. But then I intermix it with, let's say we're going to make a fun book about yourself. Right. First page is, my name is blank. And then you will cut mm -hmm. a picture of you. We'll take a picture of you. You cut it out. Like, we make the whole yeah. therapy session about the five questions. Perfect. So they can make little autobiography books. They can That's make their great. craft. They can, whatever the teacher's doing. And then I'll, I've put, I've had, like, putting their questions in a sensory bin and they fish them out. Um, you can hide them around the room and do, like, a treasure hunt right. for them. They f and then they can answer their questions. Yeah. yeah. It's great. I like to do books called What Blank Loves. Mm -hmm. So, like, it'll be a five-page book. So, it'll be, like, What Noah Loves. Noah Loves the Beatles. Noah Loves Bob Dylan. Noah Loves Guitar. Mm. So, like, and then they'll... Who's Noah? He's one a... of my kids that I work oh, with. Oh, okay. That's a... You mean, like, you use the student's name? Yes. Okay, got it. Yeah, so whoever, yeah, so whoever the kid is, like, I make a book called What That Kid Loves, like, so What Deborah Loves or What Noah Loves, and then each page is, like, a, that full sentence, like, Deborah loves pickles, and it would mm -hmm. be, like, a girl eating pickles. Like, you have to draw that. Right. So, so it's, like, a great activity to do that is with great. these types of kids. Social stories are also great yes. uh, for the kids on the spectrum to work on behaviors that they might have a hard time with. Yes. So I've made social stories about, like, I do not pick my socks. Like, whatever it is, it could be. And right. you take pictures of the actual kid, and it's from their authentic first Authentic material. Yes. Oh, I can't believe I haven't said that until now. It's right. so much better to have authentic materials that pertain to them and their life and yes. their, like, their faces, their parents' yes. faces, their preferences. Like, not just a picture of a ball, a picture of their ball. Right. That's or them the, on the ball or something. Yes. 
that's way more effective. So we have said a lot of things to do. I had a a message. Somebody asked me, like, what can I do with autistic kids? So I really hope that this episode feeds that. Um, but one of my goals, I didn't get to. So, oh, okay. so Sorry. Maria was going to. I had she, another goal too. Oh, go ahead. You, you go do for, no. Oh, you do your goal, sorry. and then I'll go. Well, I gave like a goal for you know answering questions, and then I want to give like a social goal. Okay. I try to give kids two goals, and one is uh, like an expressive receptive, and the other one is some type of social goal. Because you might have kids uh, on the spectrum only in group sessions, so right. their goals have to pertain to the group. So my favorite goal for uh, working on social skills is for them, if they're able to do this, uh, if they're able to make the goal to uh, initiate a question with a peer. And again, I pick five. We'll initiate a minimum of five questions. And their questions are, again, are the same general questions like, how was your weekend? What do you think about that? Right. So they can apply these like very general questions in every situation. So we could play a board game and they could be like, what do you think about that? We could read a story and they could guess with, can you tell me more? You know, very general, generic type of questions that they can apply to every situation. I love that. So that, thank you. I uh, thought of that myself. Thank you. And then I have a fun game that we do too that I would like to talk about. Oh my gosh. Okay. So much information. In a goal or, wait, I have Uh, a goal. Yeah. I mean, you could, you can use this initiation goal or even my personal information goal in my game that I love to play. It's like a hot potato. So Mm -hmm. what we do is we find a song that they like. Maybe they can Google it themselves and type it into YouTube on their own, Mm -hmm. work on some typing and spelling. With my kids, we're always like, ask the internet. We okay. like to say, oh, ask okay. the internet. Yeah, sorry. So I kept... Play yeah. salsa music. Why not? Yeah. It's yeah. fun. We were like, let's ask the internet. Okay, that's fun too. Because it's like and socially, I quicker guess. too, also, <laughs> if you want to cut into some time. But um, yeah, you pass around, let's say, something, a pen, a object, a fishbowl. And then when the music stops, they have to look inside the fishbowl and pick a que- and ask their peer a question. Oh, so it's like hot potato when the music stops. Mm-hmm. They have to, yeah, pick a friend and then they have to like get their friend's attention. Like, Joe, make the eye contact. What's your favorite color? Or mm-hmm. it could be questions related to a book you read or, you know, whatever. Personal Calling attention is a great yeah. fun thing to work on because you can have fun games like that. You could be like, excuse me, pardon me, right, yeah. hello. And right. like it, sometimes it just gets really silly, just all the right. things that you do to call attention. I like, yeah. we, we like, pardon me. Right. <laughs> we like to say yeah, that. I just tell them use their name. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just, I think we, we now just think it's fun. Like, that's oh, okay. what me and my kids do. I'll like, try we're just that. like, we're like, we just are like, hello, excuse me, excuse me, pardon me. To teach. Like, we, we just say silly things because okay. it's just fun to us now. So those are my goals. I love your goals. And uh, I will do our tips and tricks segment after your goals. So, like, um, going back to what I said earlier, my goal is to help them understand others' beliefs and emotions. And so um, a goal that I would use for that, I would say, in one academic year, blank will ID and explain character emotions and stories and provide a rationale and a possible solution. With the framework of blank feels blank because of blank, blank would feel better if blank happened. Okay. So it's like, so we have paragraphs. Do tell. <laughs> and we have, we'll have like paragraphs. So like, um, so and so, so Sally came home from school and she really wanted to go to, um, to go out to dinner, but then her family changed the plans and, um, 
so how does Sally feel or whatever? So Sally feels frustrated because she doesn't get to do what she wanted to do, and she would feel better if she got a hug mm-hmm. or something like that. So we're we're identifying the emotion, we're putting ourselves in that shoes, in those shoes, and we're um, providing a solution or a coping mechanism for ourselves or this like fictional character. But then oh, also we are we are um, coming more in touch with our own emotions, right. which I've learned many adults who are not on the spectrum. Right don't have any clue how they feel or why they feel certain ways. So I'm trying mm. to teach kids to... Um, self-reflect. To, yeah, to self-reflect and to talk about feelings yes. beyond sad, mad. Right. Good. I hate those I two. Feel, how does he feel? She feels good. Yes, like, what good. is good? Yes. Good is nothing. Good. Um, so okay. I like that one. And then um, I also, like, just for an expressive language goal, like, we're just trying to pull some... We're trying to get these kids to be more expressive, mm-hmm. which means we're trying to get them to vary their vocabulary past right. good and bad yes. and sad. So I like to do this activity. Blank will provide three salient attributes to an age-appropriate pictured common object. Mm. So pineapples are fruits. Pineapples are prickly. Sweet. Pineapples are prickly. So like, so not are only, trending. They're trending. <laughs> Last yeah. year, sorry. So, um, not only are they listing these things, they're mm-hmm. describing it with more than one detail. Mm-hmm. It's just a way to get pull language from yeah. them. They're diversifying what they're saying. Yeah, attributes are great. Yeah, I love saying. No more nouns. All about verbs. Mm-hmm. And yes. Then after verbs, pick up some attributes. Yeah, adjectives. And then combine it all together in a sentence. Exactly. <laughs> because the noun is there. The noun, we all know the noun. Right. It's pineapple. Just, yeah, pineapple. You, you guys are probably looking at a pineapple. If you're listening to this, upload a picture of a pineapple and oh, tag us. Oh, cute. <laughs> love that so I've actually a side note been in like a argument with one of my four year olds uh-huh. over pineapples because we like to do this game because another goal that we have is like blank will ask and answer questions and provide a minimum of one comment in order to right. propel a conversation yes that's a good um, one so we do favorites so I have a bunch of cards it says like Cartoon, superhero, fruit, vegetable. Right, right. So we're like, what's your favorite fruit? Yeah. So I say my favorite fruit is And you could combine this tip with my hot potato game. Yes. You should throw all those cards yes, in a bowl. I'm going to do that. Pass the bowl, play mm-hmm. some music. And keep it seasonal. If it's Christmas time, play. Well, yeah. no, play like winter music. Right, and if yeah. it's summer, play a fun summer song. You know, That's a keep great idea. I'm going to do that. Let's combine because our... Because we don't our, even do that with the music, but that would make it even better. Yeah. yeah. And the it's anticipation. Like, ooh, who's right, it going to pull it going like yeah so we were talking about favorites and then fruit came up and then so you have to say my favorite fruit is a pineapple why because it wears a crown and that's Ooh. what i said and these kids are like shut it the front door it does not wear a crown it's leaves and yeah so yeah i have been in i already know what that fight's kid. about i'm not over, even there yeah over and over again and i'm like pineapples do wear crowns ask the internet so we start typing it into Google and like those quotes keep popping up. Yes. Like be a pineapple, yeah, wear stand a tall, wear a crown and be sweet on the inside. I'm like, look, the internet told us. So then well, he's I like, can't well, believe everything you read on the internet. Right. So, so then I'm like walking into the gro- grocery store and he's walking down the street with his nanny. And then I'm like, they do wear crowns. And I could hear him from like up the block and I'm in the store and he's like, they do not. Like, I think you guys have to agree to disagree at this well, point. Well, I think we're just playing now. It's just fun. I don't, so I don't then know if he's still playing. I texted his mom, yeah. and then I was like, and I sent a picture, like a selfie of myself with a pineapple, and I'm like, <laughs> do me a favor and send, show this to your son when you when he gets home and say, Deborah found a pineapple with a big crown on it. And, like, so she did, and she's like, 
she sent me this video where he's like, but they don't actually have crowns. Like, Aww. like we're and like it's funny because like I gave her the inside information, so right. like she's saying it too. But it's it's fun. Like we obviously know the threshold of frustration. Yeah, we're, we're all playing at this point. Good. He doesn't drop it to the point where he loves it. Um, I also tell all my kids that I'm a princess, so like some <laughs> believe it, and and the rest they love to just. They bring it up out of nowhere. Like okay. they're like, and by the way, you're not a princess. And I'm like, oh, I, I feel am like gonna call the king. Kate? Oh wow. I'm gonna Kate tell Middleton him. is mad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna call the king and tell him. Anyway, I think it's time for tips and tricks. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Were so you? Did you want to end that on any note? Um, aside no. that you're a princess. I'm a princess. Um, and yeah, just my tip and trick is to tell all your kids that they're pr- that you're a princess. One, they'll just be like, oh my goodness, I'm in the presence of a princess. Or two, uh-huh. you will elicit a lot of language of mm. them um, negating the fact that you are a princess. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> I like that yeah. one. My tip and trick is not related to being royalty, unfortunately. <laughs> it's using a timer. Oh, good. I like Yes, that. because we used it just now in our podcast. Yes. And if you think about it, timers are fun. Functional and, um, and you can blame it on the timer. Yes, you can blame it on the timer. And don't, I mean, if you want, you can go by, I like the timed timer. Or you could just use a timer on your phone yeah. or on the laptop or even just a plain old egg timer, kitchen timer. And that will help you with transitioning and it'll help you to even for yourself. Okay, I got 10 minutes left. Let me, I wanted to get to this or I wanted to right. get to that. So great time management for you and the child. I like to use, I'm yeah. not saying go out and buy it, but I do like the big jumbo timer just because it gives them feedback. I'm like, look, we have four minutes and 50 seconds, second, 56 seconds left. So right. that's how long we have to color. Once this bell rings, we have to close those markers and it's time to go. So let's get a move on it you know it gives them that feedback but my other tip or trick was going to be do you remember what i wanted to say i don't Um, even remember well i do want to say um so all of the things wrapping up that we said that we like to do so we will work on identifying and explaining emotions we will also work on um and, oh, using a script and stuff. I don't remember what my tip or trick was. Okay. Well, I like the princess one. Let's just... Just say you're a princess. Yeah. And on um, that note, yeah. I'm going to end with this quote. Okay, inspired good. by your tip and trick. Yeah. Lift up your head, princess. If not, the crown falls. So keep <laughs> your head held high. Yes. It's great advice to working with children on the spectrum. They definitely... Yes. Oh, I remember Requ- when I was yes. teaching jokes, but oh, I don't even right. have time to get into it. Well, that. you're teaching the joke of that you're a princess. Yes. <laughs> so. I'll, I'll tell you a joke. What's Beethoven's favorite fruit? Banana. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah. Great. So now I've asked a question. You're going to eventually answer my question right. once you understand And I joke. try to think. I wanted to like think and you I was want, like yeah. too much effort to think of what it is but then they're going to manipulate the word banana right. and then you could talk about Beethoven's fifth symphony that's so that you could do reading comprehension there wow. so the joke can be expanded that's great and such a good uh, warm segue into yeah. now we're going to read Beethoven you know you don't want to yes. open up with that no you don't want to open with no, Beethoven you want to open up with just what is his favorite yeah. fruit because that makes Beethoven way less daunting yeah I agree <laughs> I agree so, so that's yeah. my tip. What's Beethoven's favorite fruit? Banana. Love it. And on that note, we're going to say this was SLP's Bacon, Egg, and Cheese. That's right. And uh, thank you for listening. Uh, Arrivederci. Yes, Sayonara.
Hey, it's Deb. I'm back. If you are local to NYC and you want to hang out with myself and Maria, well, you're in luck because we will be at Bravi Ragazzi on Marcus Garvey and Putnam Avenue in Brooklyn on Thursday, June 14th at 8 p.m. for an NYC SLP pizza meet. And after that, so the pizza meets from like 8 until 9. And then after that, there's going to be a free comedy show starting at 9 o'clock, probably going till 9.30. So far, we have Mike Racine, Lisa Traeger, and P.D. Diabreu on the lineup and more to come. So we hope to see you there this Thursday, June 14th at 8 p.m. at Bravi Ragazzi in Brooklyn.